0: You're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit talks about why God is the Lord of our home. Good morning, everyone. Today, we are going to continue our series, The Lord of All. You know, to make Jesus the Lord of our life is not a decision that we should make, it is not a decision for us to make. Why? Because the moment that you believe that Jesus is Lord of your life, the moment you believe that Jesus died for your sins, He becomes the Lord of your life. He is the Lord of your life, whether you acknowledge it or not. He is the Lord of your life, whether you submit to Him or not. And last week, this verse, by the way, says in Acts ten thirty six, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. This being said, the series is not about convincing you to make Jesus the Lord of your life because He is already Lord of all. My prayer and my desire is for us to come to a place where we acknowledge this and fully surrender that all that we have, our families, everything, they all belong to the Lord because He is Lord of all. And as I was saying, Alex, two weeks ago, preach about Jesus is the Lord of our life. It was a very moving and powerful sermon, and it really made me cry, not because I realized that Jesus is the Lord of my life, but because I realized that in my life journey, it was very often that he wasn't. Last week, Aaron talked about Jesus is the Lord of our possessions. I liked how he told about the story of the merchant who was selling a very expensive pearl and what it takes to own it, and that pearl is Jesus Christ. In the end, it's about accepting that we don't own anything. Our family, our cars, our possessions, they all belong to God. Everything belongs to the Lord. Today, we'll be talking about Jesus as the Lord of our home. And next week, Nathan will talk about Jesus as the Lord of our time. Today, we'll be talking about Jesus, the Lord of our home. And as I said a while ago, this is not for you and I'm not asking you to make Jesus the Lord of your home because he is already the Lord of your home, whether you acknowledge it or not. Your home is one of God's truly great graces in your life. It doesn't matter where you own, where you, where you own it, if you own it or you're renting it, whether the space is large or small, whether you're married, single, you have children. He has given this gift to you freely, and he's very interested in how you're going to choose to use this home how you value it and how you're going to use it. Our prayer today is that we will completely understand, embrace, and acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord of our home. One of the most exciting times in our life is when we actually already have the capability, the resources to buy a property. And I remember when we had that opportunity five years ago, the first thing that you go to, of course, is online and look at all homes or Zango or whatever. Uh, Site there is, and start looking for houses, right? And see if it fits your budget. It's a very exciting process, scary at the same time, especially nowadays. Imagine this four bedroom house when we were looking at it like about five years ago. A four bedroom house in Ford would only cost you about seven or eight hundred. Now it's 1.4 million. It's so disheartening to know that houses are very, very expensive these days. So this is the house that we saw in Throsby five years ago. The address is 6 Dragon Street, and this was the backyard. It was a good-sized backyard, and I remember our neighbor giving us the opportunity to use their garage so we could Fit in all our stuff there. We moved from a five-bedroom, almost six-bedroom house in Bonner, and all the kids have gone except Mickey. So I had to tetris all our stuff into a small garage. I was able to fit it in. Kuya Bert was so uh, generous to have uh, lent us uh, their garage, so we were able to s- save money on uh, storage cost. So this was December 19, 2018, when we had our first key and opened the property as our home for the very first time. And there were a series of events, decisions, and a lot of uncertainties before we came to this point where we already have the key. And God led us to this home, and he brought us here for a reason. Number one, I'd like you to know that your address, wherever that is, is not a coincidence You are not where you are right now by chance or by accident. You don't live in your address right now because it's closer to work, because it's the one that you were able to afford, it's closer to the bus stop, or you already had the money to be able to buy one and had the capacity to borrow from the bank. You live where you live right now because God deliberately and sovereignly placed you there. And he orchestrated, if you can look back, he orchestrated every single event, decision or circumstance, every paper that has to be signed, document that has to be submitted that led you to this place that you call home. We all have our stories before we got our home, right? The dramas and the tears and the excitement and the uncertainty. He brought us home one small detail at a time. In Acts 17, 24 to 27, It says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. The God who made the world and everything in it. It says here, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of your dwelling place, that they should see God, And perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he's actually not far from each one of us. You are where you are, not by chance. It was determined by God. God determined and allotted all the periods and the boundaries of your dwelling place. Why you are in Canberra in the season of your life, and why he has settled you now in the place you call home, what's the purpose We find the answer in the same scripture. The purpose is for us to seek. You have a place called home for you to seek God and find Him. You do not have a home by accident. Your home is an invitation for you to seek God and the commission to help others find God. So where do we start? How do we actually seek God in our homes? It starts with one thing that we have to denounce, and Aaron talked about it last week. It starts by denouncing any claim that we have over our homes, our properties, everything that we own, and acknowledging that nothing comes from us. You must have worked hard for it, saved up for it, but it all comes from God. Everything belongs to the Lord, including the home that you live in and everything that your home represents. God expects us to honor him with our home and honor him in our homes. But how do we make Jesus the Lord of our home? In Joshua 24:15 it says, "But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." This verse is very popular. You can buy uh, posters and framed pictures of this verse on Etsy and on eBay online. This is a good place to start. But the sad thing, for most of us, even well-meaning Christians, this eventually becomes just a decoration in the house. You probably have a verse in your house that you just walk past by every day, right? We start off well, but somewhere along the busyness of life, we get distracted with the things of the world. Making Jesus the Lord of our home starts with the right foundation. This is what a foundation house in Australia looks like. In the Philippines, it's much different, right? They would have to dig deeper and build stronger foundations. And of all the things that would show up in an inspection report, and double would know this, any fault in the foundation would cost you a lot of money and a lot of headaches. So people simply walk away from a bad foundation, and that's for a good reason. Just as houses are built on a strong foundation, our homes should be built on the foundation of Christ in Christ alone. Everything starts with a good foundation. And our prayer, my prayer is that may we may we build our home on the foundation of Christ and nothing less. It's not too late. If Christians are to maintain and steward a home in a meaningful way, we must build our homes on the foundation of Christ regardless of whether you own the home or you rent it, you've been there for 25 years. Unlike the physical foundation, which is very difficult to rebuild, we can rebuild the foundation of our home right now, the spiritual foundation of our home, on Christ Jesus and nothing else. We all desire homes that are beautiful, homes that are comfortable, homes where we will feel secure and safe. We all want to have a house that probably looks like this. And we often make plans, you know, go extra length to make our house look more beautiful, probably buy a better couch, you know, repaint this, build a deck outside, change some lights, and stuff that you make your home a lot better in terms of how it looks and how comfortable it is. But we often do not make room for God to speak in our homes. And when we go through trials in our marriages, difficulties in our finances, you know, crisis in our family, our finances, uncertainty in our work, and even uncertainty in ourselves, we start to wonder why the once strong and beautiful house is starting to fall apart. Jesus tells of the parable in Matthew, and he said, And everyone who hears these words of mine, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. But everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. The rock of your home is not the father who works hard to provide for the family. The rock of your home is not the mother who keeps everything in place, everything together at home. It is not your stable business. It is not your six-month or a six-figure salary that keeps the house running. The rock on which we build our homes is Christ alone. He is the only foundation on which we should build our homes, nothing less. Jesus is the Lord of our home means the husband should take the role of the leader in the family. But this leadership, husband's, should be in submission to the leadership of Christ. Always in submission to the leadership of Christ. Acknowledging that Jesus is the spiritual leader of our homes. This means that the husband will seek seek God's wisdom in every family decision that he will make. That means that we will rely on God's wisdom and guidance, not on our own understanding as husbands when navigating the challenges of life in the family. Jesus is the Lord of our home, means our home should be the place where Jesus is at the center of everything. This is where we should do our spiritual discipline. Question is, do you pray together as a family? Do you actually pray with your spouse at night? Do you actually take the opportunity to teach your children to pray, or just hand them over an iPad to keep them, you know, busy and entertained? Home is a place where we should practice spiritual disciplines. Never cease in praying. That's what the Bible says. Fill your home with prayer. Not just in the morning when you wake up, not just at night before you sleep, but every single moment. Pray, the Bible says, pray incessantly. Do you have time to read the Bible and devote yourself to the Word as a family? Or is family time just turning on the TV and watching some good movie? Some examples would be having quiet time together as a family, reading together as a family, having scriptures posted around the home and just talking about, you know, how God spoke to you that day. Maybe a verse that's, that struck your heart, that means a lot to you. The home is where you've express and show god's love towards your family this can be the hardest thing to do sometimes are you patient husbands wives are you kind do you keep a record of wrongs in the home are you humble or arrogant with your words husbands and wives even if you feel like you have the right to do whatever you want to do how you treat each other in front of your children is how they will define what marriage is. How you show your love and your respect for each other will define what love means to your children. If you show grace, compassion, and kindness to your spouse, then that is what marriage would mean to them. So husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, we have a huge responsibility to set an example to our children. That is where they will get a picture of what marriage is like by the way we treat each other. Our home is a place where we teach our children about God. You don't send them to Christian school so they get Christian values. You teach them the way of the Lord at home. And they shall not depart from it when they grow old. Remember, if you just let them define faith on their own, they will get their conviction and values from friends, from the music they listen to, and the media they consume. And you wouldn't want your children to embrace those. You have to make every effort to teach them about God. Look for opportunities to make those things, those moments, teaching moments, every time spent with them to teach them the way of the Lord. One day, your children will grow up. They will have families of their own and live their lives on their own. A big part of what they will bring with them is what we have diligently taught them. We are commanded as parents to teach the Word diligently to our children. That's what the Bible says. It's our responsibility because the Word will be lamp to their feet and that will guide them the fear and the knowledge of the lord the second thing that i want to talk about is attachment the bible says the boundaries of our dwelling place has been appointed and set by god he wants you to steward your blessings wisely the house the home that you live in is a blessing that god wants you to enjoy but at the same time he wants you to steward it wisely He also wants you to know that the house that you're living in right now, that nice comfy bed that you sleep in at night, is fleeting. My prayer is that we will remember, no matter how beautiful and comfortable you are at your home, that this is really not your home. We hold on to it because it's a blessing from the Lord. We enjoy it because it's God's gift to us. But He also wants us to hold it loosely and not be too attached to it that we forget where our real home is. Where we should really invest and store our treasures into is the eternal home that awaits us all. We may live here for a season, 25, 30, 60 years, God knows. But all of these, they're all temporary. In Hebrews 10.34, it says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. If we love, follow, and serve Christ wherever we live in the world, whether it's here in the Philippines, in Canada, wherever, we all know that we belong to someone else. And we belong somewhere else. This does not mean that you don't treasure your home, you don't enjoy it. God has given this to us for these days, for the sake of His glory, and for us to have joy in Him and with the heart set on our final, everlasting home. The third one that I want to point out is that we make our home a home for others. Now, this may seem difficult for a lot of people who want their own privacy, who want their own space for themselves. When God gives us a home, He wants us to immediately care for our family, but He also has other people in mind. Remember that. The New Testament makes it clear that God wants every Christian home whether we are single, married, or parents, to be a home for people outside our our home. Sometimes, literally, invite people to your home physically, or often more spiritually and emotionally. The most effective resource given to Christians, remember this, is the key to your front door. I know this may sound difficult for most of us. The church grew in numbers during the first few hundred years, not because there were a lot of synagogues and temples, but a lot of people open their homes for fellowship, for prayer, for meals, and for devotion to the word. In Romans twelve thirteen, Paul says contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Hebrews thirteen two, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Meaning wherever you are, whatever it is that you call home, bring people home with you and use your home to serve the needs of others. And when you show hospitality, do not do it with grumbling. I know it's easy to complain about having to clean the house after inviting some people or making extra food. Or, you know, you have to change your plans because people are coming over and you will be inconvenienced, that's for sure. But the Bible says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Whether your house smells like sinigang, adobo, or pizza, grumble-free hospitality and generosity will produce the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. That distinct, beautiful smell will fill your home. They will see God and Christ, the love of Jesus, so alive in you because of your generosity and your openness, your willingness to share your home to others. Jesus is the Lord of our homes, means we should stand on a firm and strong foundation, build our homes on the foundation of Christ and Christ alone. And my prayer really is for us to build our home on Christ not on things of the world. I hope that however you treasure the place you are in right now, know that this is just a temporary place. This is not our permanent abode. May we remember that this is not our home and may we hold it loosely in our arms. And number three, our home is not just ours, but it's also a home for others. The Bible says, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This powerful declaration reminds us of the choice that we have to make. Remember, it's a choice to make your home a place of worship, a place of devotion, a home where Jesus is the foundation and at the center of everything. So don't forget the foundation on which we build our homes. Jesus, Let's hold loosely onto it and let's pray to God on how we can use our home to serve others and glorify God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for reminding us, Lord, about our homes. May this be our commitment today to make Jesus the Lord of our home to make Jesus the Lord of our life, the Lord of our possessions, the Lord of our time, the Lord of all. Lord, help us to completely surrender all that we are, all that we have. May you guide our families towards the life of faith knowing that everything we have, everything, belongs to You. Lord, I pray that You would give us the grace today, right now, to surrender the idols that we have built for ourselves and let go of anything that keeps You from being the Lord of our life. And the Lord of all. This we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Praise God. Let's give God a praise. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every Saturday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.